Finance phobia. People have finance phobia. Tonight is going to be a blessing. I'm excited about it. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. Let's pray over these tithes and offerings. Father God, we just thank you right now, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you. For you are worthy tonight, God, to receive these tithes and these offerings, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight in our giving. We thank you tonight for who you are. We ask God it should be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to have Irma Martinez with us tonight. Hallelujah. Where is she? Okay. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Verse 24. We're going to go all the way through verse 34. 24 through 34. How many of you ever um, had a fear of financial failure? Don't, don't say. <clears throat> but have you ever had a fear of financial failure before? I mean, it <clears throat> made your hands sweat. Your heart beat fast. And some of you went into shock too. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. Matthew 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. One translation says that he'll cheat the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's what Jesus said. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. That's what Jesus said. Take no thought. For your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Don't even think about it, he said. We've all, the majority of us already disobeyed that. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. I know this is already right where we live because people are already looking around. Some of you didn't even know this was in the Bible. Verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, say Abba, your heavenly Abba, feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought 
can add one cubit unto his stature. And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they, what? Grow. How they grow. They toll not, neither do they spin. They just rest. They toll, they don't labor. They don't labor, they don't spin, they just grow. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, God clothes even the grass. Shall he not much, much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Little faith. Doesn't say you're in unbelief. It says you're walking in little faith. Amen. Therefore take no thought. He says it again. Saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed. Hallelujah. This is just leaping in me tonight. I'm telling you. For after all these things do the heathen seek. And I intentionally use the word heathen. For your heavenly Abba knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore, again he says, no thought. Look at your saber and say, no thought. For the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Lord, I praise you right now and I give you glory and honor and worship. For you are worthy, God, tonight of my value. I put my value upon you supremely tonight. You are everything tonight, Jesus. Help me tonight, God, to speak this word into these people and into my life. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Going back to verse 24, Jesus said, No man can serve two masters. Everybody got your Bibles with you? For either he shall hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let me talk to you a little bit. Is that all right? You can't serve two masters. You can only serve one master. And we're either, and this, this statement here is universal. And it applies to the whole world. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. What it means by serving is, it means that you're actively involved in serving either mammon 
or you're actively involved in serving God. And to serve means that what you have done is you have surrendered your will to the will of another. Okay? When you serve somebody, you have surrendered their will, your will to their will, which means they direct you. If you're serving somebody, they have the power to direct your actions. So if you're serving mammon, then you have become a slave to mammon, and mammon controls your actions. Are you here? If you're serving God, then he, you have surrendered your will to his will, and literally you, have, you worship him. Okay? Or you, watch this. If you serve mammon, you're worshiping mammon. If you serve God, then you're worshiping God. And you've surrendered your will. You are actively involved in the surrendering of your will to either God or mammon. And in doing that, then you become a worshiper of either God or mammon. And to be a worshiper, when you study the word worship, it literally means worthyship. So it depends on what you put value in as to what you are worshiping. What you value most is what you are worshiping. Because you have made it of supreme value. If you have made mammon the thing that you're serving, then you are worshiping that because you have made it your supreme focus in life. And it, that's what's most important to you. Amen. When you talk about mammon, let me explain to you what mammon is. That's a strange word. We really don't understand. And before I do that, let me just kind of talk. Let me give you some facts here about what the federal government says you're worth. Okay. The federal government says that if you make $25,000 or less, you are in the category of poverty. That made some of you feel good. You thought you was doing pretty good until I read that to you. $25,000 or less a year and you are poverty. If you make $25,000 to $100,000 a year, you are middle income. Middle income, 25,000 to 100,000. If you make 100,000 to a million a year, you are affluent. If you make 1 million a year, the federal government says you're rich. And if you make $1 million a month, the federal government says you're ultra rich. So which one are you in according to the federal government? <laughs> you know, and see, we have the Lord Jesus in our life. And so, you know, the federal government might classify us in, in one category. But, you know, because we've got the Lord Jesus in our life, we, we feel like we're ultra rich. 
And we are. Praise the Lord. You can be making a million dollars a month and the federal government call you ultra rich and be the poorest person in the world if you don't know Jesus. If you have made mammon your God and you are making it the supreme value of your life in which you find all your satisfaction and you seek to get all your expectations met through mammon, then that is what you're worshiping. But you will never get enough to satisfy you. Never. Never. It's impossible. Amen. Mammon, then, when you trace it back, scholars say that mammon is putting your money in the trust of a bank. Okay. Boy, got quiet in here. This word goes back when you would, way back, when you would take your money and put it in the trust of a bank, that was called mammon. Later, it, it progressed in its meaning to mean trusting money. Trusting money. And then it moved from that in the Syrian culture, there was a God called the power of riches that they called mammon. So we have here then a demon power that the Syrians bowed down and worshipped that was called the power of riches. So progressively it, it moved from just putting your money in a bank to trusting that money to worshipping it as a, a literal physical God called the power of riches. And so Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot value mammon and God at the same time. Praise God. That's what he said. And he personifies it. You got God and then you got mammon. Okay. So whatever you're serving, you are worshiping. You have surrendered your will to that. It is the supreme goal of your life. It's the focus. It's everything that you think about most of the time. You worship it. It's either God or it's mammon. And Jesus says this. He said you can't serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. You're either going to love mammon or you're going to love God. You're either going to trust God or trust mammon. Which means you're going to put confidence in your wealth. Or confidence in riches. So I, in, uh, this is coming out of a Strong's Dictionary. It says mammon literally means confidence. It's wealth personified. Okay, you with me here? In opposition to God. Now, there's nothing wrong with money. And there's nothing wrong with wealth. That's neutral. It's neutral. But worshiping it. And making it the thing that you serve. And making it the supreme value of your life. In which you seek to find happiness in it. As long as mammon, the God mammon supplies enough for you. Then you're happy. 
But if the God mammon doesn't, if your bank account tonight is not full, then you're not a very happy human tonight. Hallelujah. The only way you can possibly be a happy human tonight is if you are not worshiping mammon. Because when you start getting anxious about mammon, riches, you start getting full of fear about riches, you have offered to the God of mammon a sacrifice. Get this. We live in America and we think, well, if things start getting a little bit slim on it, we're supposed to worry. We think it crazy if we don't get full of anxiety and worry about our finances. But God, Jesus said, don't even take thought. And he said, for sure, don't be anxious about it. Don't care. Walk around full of care about it. Because when you get full of anxiety and you're anxious and you're walking in fear and you're in a phobia about financial failure, you have offered to the God of mammon a sacrifice. You have made that the supreme value of your life. And God said you cannot serve both. It's impossible for you to serve both. If you're serving mammon, you'll sell your family for it. If you're serving mammon, you'll kill for mammon. If you're serving mammon, you'll sacrifice your children for it. God said, you can't serve both of these. You got to put value on what is the constant and what's the most important. And uh, I will tell you who that is. It's Jesus. It's God. He has to be the constant in your life. That supreme one that you put value in. And everything else. It's not worth your time to sit around and worry about. He alone is worthy. For me to bow down and literally not only does worship mean worthy ship but it means in the Greek it literally means to bow down and kiss the feet so when I'm worshiping God and I'm serving God and I made him the highest value in my life then I'm literally falling on my face and kissing his feet and I'm letting him direct my life every decision I make I let him tell me what to do I don't let, come on somebody. You let people in the world tell you how to handle your finances. You're messed up. You're a Christian. You need to bow your face to Jesus and, and worship him and kiss his feet. Because he is the supreme worthy one of your life. He is the one that you worship. You don't worship the God of mammon. You are not to put your confidence in riches. You're not even to think about what you're going to eat tomorrow. You're not even supposed to think about what you're going to drink tomorrow. You're not, come on somebody. Much less worrying about it, losing sleep over it. Now I'm trying to help you tonight because that's 
spirit will get a hold of you and dominate you. And you'll get a spirit of fear. It's mammon. And it'll come upon your life. And you start walking in anxiety. And you start getting full of fear. And your palms are all sweaty. And you, you, oh, your heart's beating fast. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. You know what you just did? You took it to the altar of mammon. And you made a sacrifice to that God. You've got to get to a place in God that you don't, listen, that you have so much confidence and so much trust in Him that you don't look at the circumstances. You don't look at the bank account. You don't care what it says. I trust my God. My God is able to take care of me. And by the way, your God cares about this. See, the church... When it went into the dark ages, it got this concept of God. That God doesn't want you to enjoy anything. That, uh, you know, you're not supposed to enjoy the food you eat. And you're not supposed to enjoy the drinks that God put in the earth to drink. And, you know, you're not supposed to put on nice clothes. Are you here tonight? Uh, you know, it's kind of like ugliness is holiness. No. Ugliness is not holiness. God cares tonight about your food. He cares about tonight what you drink. He cares about the clothes you wear. He wants to give you blessing. And listen, blessing is this. The Hebrew word means this, to have power. Come on. To be blessed. Body, soul, and spirit. God doesn't just want to bless you spiritually. God loves you in the material level of your life. Come on, somebody. And if I understand that, then I can walk carefree and fear-free about the situation. Because I know God cares about my body. My body is not evil. The fallen nature inside of me is evil, but my body is not evil. God died to save my body. He died to save my soul, and he died to save my spirit. But the point is tonight is that he wants to bless you. And that literally means to have power to prosper body, soul, and spirit. He loves you in the material level of your life. I'm going to prove it to you before it's all over. Give God some praise. Because we don't believe that God cares about that area of our life. That all he cares about, you know, we talked about, number one, we talked in this Abundant Life series, we talked about health for the body. We talked about, come on somebody, health for the spirit, the need to pray. We talked about, come on, health for relationships. Are getting rid of people phobias. Now we're talking about health financially. And so you need to first and foremost write this down and know it. That God wants to bless you. When you walk with God, your spirit's going to be blessed. When you walk with God, your body's going to be blessed. When you walk with God, your soul's going to be blessed. You're going to have joy in the soul. You're going to have peace in the soul. 
That's literally what the word blessed means. To prosper body, soul, and spirit. Not just spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. So you've got to settle that tonight. You've got to understand that he cares about that level of materialism of your life. If you don't believe that, then you'll go through life worshiping mammon and bowing down to mammon and bringing a sacrifice of anxiety and fear to mammon all the time. Give God some praise. So what we have to understand is God, to get rid of this phobia, God's got to be the center of your life. He's got to be the thing that you value more than anything. If you put anything in front of God or before God, if it's your wife, you're an idol worshiper. If it's your husband, you're an idol worshiper. If it's your daddy, you're an idol worshiper. If it's money, you're an idol worshiper. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're putting before God tonight, you are a worshiper of that because you put your supreme value in that thing. God says he must be the one who has worthy ship. He must be worshipped and him alone. And I can hear some of you talking back to me right now. Well, pastor, you're doing pretty good so you can preach like this. Well, honey, let me tell you something. The reason why we are blessed is because we practiced the word of the Lord. The reason why we are blessed is because we walked in what I'm preaching to you tonight. I am blessed. I'm, come on. I can honestly tell you that I have never worried about money. Never. Even before I got married. You know, my mom, she's all worried, you know, because I didn't have a job yet. She's all worried. I said, don't worry about it. God will take care of me. And he did. I'm still alive. When we first got married, me and my wife, when we first got married, I was making $6 an hour. And paying my tithes too. Bringing my tithes too. Bringing our tithes too on $6 an hour. God has always taken care of us. I've always seen God do that. That doesn't mean sometimes we fell on hard times. But you know what? You worry about it. Because I know God is able. Come on somebody. And I refuse to get in this worry and this anxiety. Hello somebody. If I lose everything, so what? I said, so what? I didn't put value in it anyway. So what? Hello, somebody. Come on, somebody. You're with me tonight? Because God has to become the constant in your life. Not your job, not your money, not your income. If you lose your job, God is still your source. That boss was not your source. That job was not your source. God was your source. And if you're anxious tonight, I'm trying to drive that spirit out of here tonight. If you're anxious tonight, you're at the wrong altar. You need to just say, okay, God, oh, thank you for the pink slip. Praise the Lord. God, you must have something better for me. If you're a diligent, you know, employee and you're obeying the word of the Lord, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about being a goofy. 
you know, going to goof off. And, oh, here's your, here's your pink slip. Well, praise the Lord. God got something better for me. No, he don't. You're going to have to get right. And then he'll give you. Anyway, I'll get practical here, you know. Come on, somebody. Who are you worshiping tonight? And I've got news for you. If you think Jesus was talking to the rich, he wasn't just talking to the rich. All the poor people sit around and think, oh, look at them rich people. Look, they're always after money all the time. They, that's their God. And it might be. But Jesus wasn't just talking to the rich. He was talking to the poor. The poor have more problems worrying about money than the rich do most of the time. So this is not a poor man, rich man message. This is about a spiritual truth from God to you. Give God some praise. So who are you bowing down tonight and worshiping? Who is the constant, the most valuable in your life? Is it money or is it God? Give God praise. He is worthy. Jesus came into this world and he died as the Lamb of God for your sins. He died for you. Do you know that? Do you know that's how much he loved you? Jesus was a rich man. I said Jesus was a rich man. God gave me a revelation. Jesus was a rich man. The Bible said he who was rich became poor for our sakes that we might be made rich now watch this Jesus was rich when did he become poor if he was rich when he went to the cross and lost everything I should say he didn't lose everything at the cross it seemed like he laid everything down he became poor at that time but when he came out of the grave he became the most wealthy man he has a whole generation of inheritance we are joint heirs in, in join heirs with God. You think God's a poor man? Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is this. It's not a rich man, poor man message. It's a spiritual message. It's about God or mammon. It's about walking in confidence in God or walking in confidence in the money. Or the lack thereof. If you don't got money. Then you offer anxiety to the God of mammon. Give God some praise in this house. <clears throat> now watch this. Revelation 5 and verse 12 says this about Jesus. He is to be the constant in your life. It's all about him. You need to take all of your cares to Him. That's what the Bible says. Take your cares to Jesus. Because He cares for you. He loves you in the material level of your life. The point is, who are we worshiping tonight? Mammon? We put confidence in that God? For happiness? Mm -mm. If we're doing that, we're worshiping the wrong God. Watch this Revelation 5, 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. 
or worship the lamb. Worthy ship. He's the one who is to have supreme value in my life. I am to bow down and kiss his feet and say, I surrender my will to your will. You are my God and not mammon. Worthy. You have supreme value. You have ascended to the throne of the universe. You are sitting on the throne of the universe, Jesus. You have chief worth and value. Yeah, see, I know, I know. Saying with a loud voice. See, you're saying with a loud voice something. You're either worshiping Mammon tonight with a loud voice, or you're worshiping the Lamb of God with a loud voice. You made Him the supreme value in your life. Worthy is the Lamb. Why? Because he died for me. He's the one I put value in. He's the one that I focus on. He's the one that it's all about. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He's the worthy one. How many of you believe that God loves you tonight? That he cares about you? Romans 8, 32. That's why Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Because you're going to bow down to them and you're going to kiss their feet. What makes you excited? What makes you happy? What makes you leap? What makes you talk the most? What are you praising the most? What are you celebrating the most tonight? Celebrating the new car, new house. You celebrating that? Who are you celebrating? Jesus? Who are you worshiping tonight? Jesus or Mammon? See, this is a lot more serious than most people will ever get a hold of. They live their life for Mammon. They look at that to satisfy them. And when they don't have it, they get full of fear. And they offer to the God mammon a sacrifice of praise. Give God some worship. God. Hallelujah! Who God? <laughs> he cares about you. Romans 8.32 He that spared not his own son... But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He knows you have need of things. He knows you need food and water and clothing. He knows that if he spared not his own son, if Abba spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us? Freely. Freely. 
freely give us all things. You need to get, and I need to get my eyes on God. I need to get my eyes on Jesus. He's the one that's going to take care of me. He's the constant in my life. He's the value in my life. He freely gives it to me. If he feeds the birds, you think he's going to let you starve? When he feeds the birds, oh, ye of little faith, he said. When, when you go through the Gospel of Matthew, and we'll see that in a little bit later, you'll see when Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, it's always connected with or to people's daily needs or their physical well-being. If you're walking in life and that's all you're worried about, what are we going to eat? How are we going to pay the bills? Oh, oh, oh. The Bible says that you have little faith. If we're walking in anxiety about these things, we're not people of great faith. We need to stop patting ourselves on the back and say, yeah, we're bad, we're bad, we're bad, we're bad. We're powerful people. Yeah, we're powerful, we're powerful. We got great faith. And then worry. Go home, worry. Worry. The whole time I'm preaching, you're sitting in the pew worrying. Worrying about, oh God, the whole time I'm preaching, you're worried. You go home, worried. You get up in the morning, worried. You're worried all day long. You are worshiping the God of mammon. You're bowing down to it by bringing a sacrifice of worry to it. You've got little faith. And so do I. If I walk that way, he said that. He said, I feed the birds. Are you not better than the birds? You better believe you are. He didn't die for birds. He died for you. So I'm going to tell you just right now so I don't forget. There's some repenting in this church that needs to take place from you. You need to get in a place where you say, God, forgive me. I've been worshiping mammon. I've been putting my confidence in the wrong thing. I've had anxiety and worry and I've gone to that altar of mammon and I've worshipped that God. Forgive me, God. I repent of that right now. I thought it was okay, Lord. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay for me to come to church down. I thought it was okay for me to come to church depressed. I thought it was okay for me to come to church mad. But God's telling you tonight, you're worshiping mammon. See, some of you thought I was going to give you a 10-step plan of how to take care of your finances. Friend, I'm giving you more than a 10-step plan. I'm taking you to the highest word there is. I'm taking you to Jesus' word tonight. If you get this tonight, you will never be the same again. Never be the same again. He cares about you. He died to save you. He was delivered up to save you. And not only that, but he, the Bible says he will freely give you all things. That's powerful, man. So he said, don't worry about it. Uh, everybody look up here at my pretty blue eyes. That's an order. If you're, you know what worry is? You know what? Anxiety is about finances. Okay, here we go. Let me give you, let me show you what we're talking about. I'm not, oh God, I forget. The thing here tonight is this. You sit around 
and you worry, you have care for money. And because you care for money or have a fear about money, then that leads to having a fear about your job. Then you now care about your job. And if you have a job, then you go get money so you can buy food and water and clothing and stuff, you know, on that job. And while you have the job, then you start worrying about a promotion so you can figure out how to get more stuff. So you're worshiping mammon. You're bowing down to the God mammon. God is your source. That's something I learned that when we first started this church. I had people coming to my church and they'd say, Pastor, you know what? This little lady right here, she's got bucks. She's got money. She, and at that time, man, we were living in, we, our church was living in a barn. And they kind of, oh, Pastor, she's got money, man. And we didn't even have carpet on the floor. Maybe she'll put carpet in the floor for us. I told that person on the telephone, I said, God is my source. I said, that woman is not my source. God is my source. He is the source of this church. Because I sensed in that woman's spirit that she would give if you gave her power, influence, and influence in the house. There, you would pay a price if she put the carpet down, I guarantee you. So I just cut it off right there. And you know, they were telling me, well, Pastor, she's, I think she'd come up with $4,500 to put carpet in at church. I'm not worried about it. God is my source. And God's going to carpet this house with or without her. And guess what? He did it. So it's not like I've never been tempted before. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you have to get this mind made up that God is your source. Not that job, not that boss. But God is your source. And if the, if the boss lets you go and you're doing the best you can, just praise God out the door and say, God is my source anyway. I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm going to bow down to God. You want me to bow down to you. You want me to crawl like on my hands and knees and beg. I'm not doing it because God is my source. If I bow down to you and crawl and beg and waller in the mire here, I'm going to lose my job anyway. Come on, somebody. Because God's not going to let me be happy here by compromise. But if I just walk and say, okay, God, you're my source. I'm not going to compromise what I believe. I'm not going to compromise anything about you, God, because you're my source. You've got to understand that the early church paid a price to live for him. Soon they got baptized in Jesus' name. Many of them lost their job for good, could not buy, could not supply. They had to trust God to feed them. And guess what? God did. He fed them because he cares for you. Give God some praise. We're going to break this spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. God's tired of his people worshiping the God called mammon. Well, I can't worship God. I can't lift my head tonight. Because mammon didn't supply my needs. Hmm. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. God's going to break this thing we got going on in here. You are not worshipers of mammon. He is not the worthy one. Jesus is. 
And I and then spirit tries to bring anxiety. Get thee behind me, mammon. I'm not going to worry about it. Get thee behind me. I'm not worshiping at your altar tonight. Give God some praise. Jesus, he's the worthy one. He's the one I bow down to. He's the one I take my direction from. He's the one I take my instructions from. That's why some churches have problems in the church realm concerning money. You know why? Because they worship money. They worship mammon. But they call it Jesus. I got news for you. It belongs to God, not you. I got news for all of us tonight. God doesn't just own 10%. He doesn't just own 20%. God owns your house. God owns your car. God owns your clothes. God owns everything you got. He owns 100% of it. Every bit of it. Getting the point here? He cares about you. You believe that tonight? Let's look at another scripture here. Psalm. Here's what the psalmist said. Psalm 37, 25. Hallelujah. God's good. Now I'm going to ask you again. How many of y'all been worried about mammon lately? Hallelujah. Woo. See, that's why God will come in. He'll come in this church. He'll walk right in here as the King of kings and Lord of lords. The only potentate is Jesus Christ. He'll walk down in these aisles and he'll say, Church, I want you to give me everything you got. And when he told us that, I guarantee you, some of you are going, Whoa, you got depressed about it. Oh, oh, how can we do that? Oh, 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 the past. Oh, <laughs> worship. Anxiety, fear, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, the king came in. It belonged to him anyway. He gave it to you so you could give it. Why do you think he gave, it, gave you anything anyway? So if he needed it, you would give it. That's why. Praise God. Give God some praise. Here's what the psalmist says, Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now am old. And yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. He said the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. My whole life, he said, I've never seen any of God's righteous forsaken nor begging bread. Why? Because God takes care of his own. I said God takes care of his own. Matthew 8, 26. Jesus said this. Remember the disciples were in a boat on the sea? Oh, boy. Now, Okay. It's about their physical bodies. In Matthew 6, it was about daily needs getting met. And he says, the Lord takes care of the fowl 
Amen. He cares for them. He takes care of them. You think that he's not going to take care of you? He loves you more than he loves them. Oh, ye of little faith. To not be able to believe that God is able to take care of all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That if he was willing to die for you, that he would freely give you all things. Oh, ye of little faith. Getting quiet in here, isn't it? This This is too practical, isn't it? You'd rather me give you 10 steps to financial growth, wouldn't you? Man, I, I used to be in the banking field. I know a little bit. Hallelujah. But I, I, this is the Word of God is what I want. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with 10 steps. We might do that sometime. But let's get the, let's get the top done first. Matthew 8, 26. They're in that boat. And the storm's coming. You ever been in a storm in life? Lately? Been in a storm lately? Think the boat's going to fall apart? And he said unto them, why are you fearful? Why do you have a phobia? They have a phobia about their physical well-being. And the master of the sea is in the ship with them. And they're still afraid. I said he's with them. He's never left them. And they're still afraid. The master of the sea. Why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. Go through Matthew. You're going to see it. People have little faith concerning God's ability to take care of them on a daily basis to get their needs met and their physical well-being. Little faith. Oh, it's quiet in here tonight. But you don't have to reckon with me. And you don't have to deal with me. You got to deal with God. You got to, this is the word, this is the holy word of God that's coming to you. And you're going to have to deal with that tonight. Not the preacher. You can get mad at me all you want to. Doesn't make any difference. You're either worshiping mammon or you are worshiping God. You're full of anxiety and fear. Or you're trusting in the Lord. You can't have both. You can't serve both masters. It's impossible, Jesus said. You either love mammon tonight or you love God. Or you love God or you don't love mammon. You're cheating mammon or you're cheating God. You're worshiping mammon or you're worshiping God. You're saying mammon is worthy or you're saying Jesus is worthy. Watch. Matthew 6.32. Jesus says this. For after all these things. Verse 31. I'm back up. Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed. He said don't even think about it. For all these things do the heathen seek. In the King James, it's Gentile, but it's heathen. How many heathen I got out there tonight? All the heathen said, praise the Lord. You walk up to somebody and say, you're a heathen. Them fighting words. 
You, you, you call me a heathen? Let go, let go. Right, right. Come on. You, you follow me right now. We're going to take care of business. But you know what Jesus said? He said that if you're walking around and you're full of fear about your finances, you're a heathen. Do you know that the heathen, let me explain something to you about the heathen. When God talks about the heathen, the heathen, many heathen believed in a God of power. In fact, some of the heathen, they would take their own seed, their children, and sacrifice them to false gods so they could win wars and battles and be financially blessed. Just like America does to do. Sacrifice their children. For mammon. And get mad at the preacher. When the preacher preaches God's word. About the man and the wife and the order in the house. You know why they get mad at that preacher? Because they worship mammon. Don't you dare touch their mammon. If you touch their mammon, they'll kill you. They'll eat their young for it. They'll sacrifice their young for mammon. Sick. The heathen know God is a God of power. And they would sacrifice their seed to get ahead. Watch this. But the heathen did not understand a God who cared. They didn't understand a God who loves. And see, we are the church living God, and we know he's a God of power. But the problem that we have is not that, uh, trying to, uh, you know, understand that God is a God of power. The problem we have is that he loves me. That he really does care about my material needs. That's what we struggle. That's what we, and so what we do when we don't have that, mammon didn't supply my need. And so I'm full of fear. Give God some praise tonight. A heathen doesn't understand that this God is a God of love and a God who cares and a God who will take care of you. Put your confidence in God, not mammon. Put your confidence in God, not riches. Your confidence in God and not money. If you don't do that, you'll worship mammon. He's God that loves me. He's a God that cares about me. He'll freely give me all things. Hello, somebody. All the heathen said, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Sister, you're not the only insane one among us, I promise you. They were just ready for it. That's all. That's the only difference. There are many insane among us who have not yet been committed. <laughs> I'm one of them. Hallelujah. And you got one preaching to you. 
he cares. But the heathen don't understand this God of love and this God of care. They don't understand the incarnation of God. To be a heathen, you don't understand that God came in body. You don't understand that God became a man. And that God who became a man had to drink water. And had to eat food. And had to have clothes himself. And if he became a man, he knows what you need. But the heathen don't understand that about God. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, oh, come on. Uh, you, you're mad at the wrong person, honey. You're mad at the wrong person. You're mad at the bill collectors. You're mad at the preacher for preaching about it. You're mad at your husband. You're mad at your... You're mad, you're mad, you're mad. You're mad at the wrong one. You need to repent. You've been worshiping mammon. And you wonder why God hasn't come in there and helped you out and taken care of you because you've been worshiping the wrong thing. He's been checking us out to see where our priorities are. God, I, you're it. You're worthy. You're valuable. I put my confidence and trust in you, God. If, it don't, you know, if you don't make it happen, it's not going to happen, God. I'm going to pray it in. I'm going to believe it in. I got to pray it in. I don't have any other hope but you, God. I can either worry about it and worship mammon or pray it in. Trust God. And then have a testimony. Watch. For all these things do the heathen seek. For your heavenly father, your heavenly Abba. Abba. Abba knoweth that you have need of all these things. Give God praise. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you, saith the Lord. See, you worship him when you give to him. If you don't give to him, you don't worthy ship him. Because what you put value in is what you give to. If you don't give to him, you are not worthy shipping him. And you are miserable. Because you think by holding on, you're going to get ahead. It's by giving that you get ahead. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I... Well, well, okay. Yeah, okay. Praise the Lord. I... Hallelujah. First, seek the kingdom of God. And all these things should be added unto you. Do you believe that tonight? Yeah. Do you believe that tonight? Yeah. 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 Can I tell you something? I would have cracked a long time ago with over $300,000 worth of, you know, loans on this church. If I was worried about it, I would have cracked. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh, Lord. But you know what? I don't even worry about it. Okay. Praise the Lord, God. Lord, I'm not going to get up and beg the people for nothing. 
if you tell me to take up an offering, I will. But if you don't, even, if you don't tell me to take up an offering, I'm not even going to do that. Because I so, so much trust you, God, to take care of it that I'm not going to beg for money all the time. Only when you tell me to, I'll obey you then. But I'm not even going to. And I walk so carefree about that, it'll blow your mind. Because I've seen God take care of it constantly. And just for your little information here, when God told us to put, take the 10000 we had in the account and dedicate it to the missionary, that following week or two, I don't remember the exact time frame, then we got a call on the property over there. Well, guess what? We got a contract on it for $100,000. But you know what? Hey, guess what? Hold on just a minute. The people that have, have this contract, it's, you know, and the attorney's checking it out right now. The people that have this contract on it, guess what? They're not our source. They're not my source. If tomorrow they change my mind, they change their mind, it's not going to devastate me. If I stand up here and tell you they changed their mind, that shouldn't devastate you because God is the one who's worthy. He's the constant. But he'll test you, he'll challenge you, and he'll tell you to lay it on the line. Before anything will move for you. You want something to move. God will come to you and say, lay it on the line before I'll ever move it. Give God praise. And then we go, okay, God, I, I, but I did sacrifice, God. I did give. I did give. Maybe he wants some more. Maybe he's starting to show you that really your God is mammon. Because you've been worried about it, fretting about it, and having a phobia about financial failure. Well, we, oh, who cares, man? You're not going to starve to death. God's going to take care of you because God is the constant in this whole thing. You're either going to cheat mammon or you're going to cheat God. This is good stuff, man. I told you it's leaping in me. I, you know what? I was so excited about preaching this today. I couldn't hardly wait to get here. Because you see, we got to get some idols out of our church. We got to kick them out the door tonight. We got to kick them out of your life tonight. You're worshiping the God of mammon. Watch this. Money is neutral. It's what you put your confidence in that God's after. Praise the Lord. Watch this. If you feel guilty about getting anything, or if you feel guilty about having anything, that's not what Jesus is after tonight. He wants to bless you. Bless you means to have power to prosper body, soul, and spirit. He wants you blessed. He needs you blessed. Not because he needs anything. So, so you can manifest him. You are created in his image. So you can show people what he's about. He's a giver, so I'm a giver. If you feel guilty... About having anything? Guess what's going to happen? When God begins to bless you with more, you will only increase in guilt. 
didn't hear what I said, did you? If you feel guilty about having a new dress, when God gives you five, you have more guilt. Why is it so quiet in here? Because you don't believe that God loves you. You don't believe that God cares about you in the material realm. You think it's just about, well, in the spirit realm. And God's trying to tell you to understand. He loves your body. He loves your soul. And he loves your spirit. He loves you, the whole you. When you put clothes on tonight, you didn't put clothes on just your body. You put clothes on you. So you know what we do? We're in back in this old archaic dark age walk with God. So I'll dress as ugly as I can. So everybody think I'm holy. Look at me, I'm holy. Look at my hair. <laughs> Go to church in the ugliest stuff you got. So people think I'm holy. And worry about it. Somebody going to, some sister going to come up and say, hey, that shared pretty dress. Where'd you get that? Well, we always feel guilty about it. So we say, well, I got it on sale. And you know what? By the way, this is a $100 dress, but I only had to pay 10 for it. <laughs> Aren't you proud of me? Because you feel guilty to have anything. And if you feel guilty to have anything, you'll feel more guilt when you have more. Give God some praise. And if you're not careful, you get so pharisaical about it. You say, well, I gave everything, but they don't. And so I'm just going to backslide. Because they don't give like I do. <laughs> you sacrificial little lamb, you. You need to get yourself a shirt that says, I'm a sacrificial lamb. But I holy. Anybody awake? I don't mean to be putting you to sleep tonight. God cares about you. And the Hebrew people understood blessing. They understood it wasn't just about spiritual blessing. They understood the word blessing meant power to prosper physically, materially. And also spiritually. Body, soul, and spirit. I walk with God. I'm blessed in the spirit. I walk with God. I'm, I can enjoy my food. To enjoy eating. If you didn't enjoy eating, you wouldn't be eating anything. And if you wouldn't be eating anything, you'd be a little bit lighter. Where do you think that came from, that enjoyment? You just enjoy food. It's a gift from God. Why do you think you enjoy Dr. Pepper? Because it's a... Well. Why do you think you enjoy fruit juice? <laughs> Aloe vera juice. It's a gift from God. Why do you think you enjoy nice things? You're a king's kid. Why do you think you like... Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. I like driving nice cars, wearing nice clothes, eating good food. I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm not going to get up here and lie to you about it. I'm going to tell you like it is. Because I'm a king's kid. I got it in my blood. 
It's a gift from God. Your body is not evil. Blessings not evil. Blessings good. Having a good time's not bad. Having a good time's good. Hebrews understood that word blessing. But we're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we know more than they know. I want you to see what God said to David. You remember what David did? Y'all getting tired? I'm almost through. Oh, praise the Lord. David. You know what David did? He saw a good looking thing. Oh, Lord. Don't. Oh, boy. We saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not supposed to even. No, we're not even supposed to. No. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got news for you. I am crazy. I don't have no problem with that. I talk Song of Solomon all the time. Some of you have a problem with that. <laughs> but I don't have a problem with that because it's Bible. See, you got a phobia even about sex. <gasps> Two things you're not supposed to talk about in church. Sex and money. And that's what the preacher talks about. Sex and money. He's a kind, somewhat, he kind of strange dude. No, I'm, I'm whole. I'm whole. God made me whole. What's wrong with you, honey? I don't have no problem. I don't have to order little funny pills. I don't have any need in that area. <laughs> Hallelujah. I better shut my mouth. <laughs> David. He saw this sweet thing Bathsheba. The problem is it don't belong to him. It belonged to his neighbor. So he's going to covet what his neighbor has. That's wrong. Now watch what God says to David. And this is 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 7. If you want to turn in your Bible. So you know I'm in the word of God tonight. Somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe our next message will be phobia, sex phobias. We'll just see how God leads us. <laughs> Some of y'all are so messed up. You know what? If this crazy preacher, you know, he just says something about Sister Cordell, you're just a beautiful woman. You know, uh, some of y'all, uh, this brother's not messed up. But you know what? If I said that to some people, some brother's uh, wife, they're beautiful, they think I was hitting on her. Have you seen my wife lately? Wake up! Problem is, you got a problem with it. You don't ever tell her. And the Holy Ghost just thinks she's awesome. 
Don't worry, honey. I got, I got mine back there. But David, man, she, I mean, Bathsheba, see? But he starts covenant what belongs to his neighbor. And so he sins against God. Terrible, horrible sin. Committed adultery and then had her, uh, his, uh, her husband killed. Sent to the front line and killed. Now watch how God deals with David about this. Do you believe that God even cares about that area of your life? Yes, he does. He made you that way. But I'm preaching on finances. <laughs> and Nathan said to David, thou art the man. You're the man that's poor, that's rich. You're the man that has an abundance of flocks. And you took the poor man's lamb. You're rich. And you took from the poor man. You know the story. Now watch what Nathan says to David. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I anointed thee king over Israel. And I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Next verse. Watch, he says, I anointed you. And I delivered you. And I gave thee thy master's house. Wow. And thy master's wives into thy bosom. And gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. God said to David, if whatever I gave you, everything you've got, and you're a rich man. And God said, if that wasn't enough, I'll add, I would have added more to you. He's the God of abundance. David... I care so much. And I'm a God of abundance. You had, look at, look at the richness, riches of David. And God said, if that wasn't enough, I'd have given you more. You think you serve a God that's stingy, that doesn't want to take care of you materially, that God doesn't want to bless you financially, that you're just supposed, your life is just a struggle to barely make ends meet because you don't know God is a God of love. And a God who cares about your material. If he said that to David, he'll, you are the sons of David. If he said that to David, he's saying that to you today. If you don't have enough, he'll give you some more. You're looking, I want you to be honest with you tonight. You're looking at one blessed preacher and one blessed preacher's wife. And you know what? I so know my God to be a God of abundance. And if it's not enough, he'll give me some more. That's just the kind of God I serve. Now, I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm not begging for any. But that's just who he is. He's the God of super abundance. Do you want to live the abundant life? He's the God of abundance. He's not a stingy, greedy God. He's a giver. I said he's a giver. Give God some praise. He wants you blessed. Materially. Watch. 2 Kings 4.1. Let's look at this. Give you another material example. 
I'm almost through, by the way. Hallelujah. For, y'all, for those of you who are getting anxious. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 2 Kings 4.1. Y'all with me tonight? Give God a little praise. 2 Kings 4.1. We got a widow. I said we got a widow in the Bible who cannot pay her creditors. The creditor. And the creditor is fixing to come and take her two sons away and make them slaves to pay the bill. And the prophet shows up. And notice what this little widow says. This is powerful. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Did you catch that? A woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying, Thy servant, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thou, thy servant, did fear the Lord. Did you get it? He feared Abba. He didn't fear mammon. He didn't fear the creditors. He feared the Lord. He had an awe and a respect and an honor and a worship of the Lord. He didn't have an awe and a respect and an honor, fear of mammon. The woman is testifying about how that man feared the Lord. Now, you need to understand the Old Testament. The Jewish people knew who Mammon was in the Old Bible. They knew who he was in the Old Bible. But she said, he feared the Lord. Did you get it? That's what she said. She didn't say, well, he's a pretty good guy. And he prophesied and he was a oh, preacher or whatever. He, you know, let me tell you about how many good things he did for God's church. How she didn't bring all of that in. She simply said this. Thy servant you know feared God. And because he feared God and he did not fear mammon. Then Elisha comes forth and the blessing is about to hit that house. Based on what? That this dead man feared the Lord. I'm going to get back here with you. I'm going to get back here with you. Don't you sit on this word. I'll get back here with you. That's her testimony. Got the creditors after me, but I fear the Lord. And because I fear the Lord, God's fixing to take care of it. Because I fear the Lord. Stop talking about how much you've given. Stop talking about how much you've done. That's not going to get it. What's going to get it is who do you worship? Do you fear the Lord? If you fear the Lord, then you worship the Lord. And God's fixing to take care of Give God some praise. And so you know what Elisha says? Hey, what do you got? She said, well, 
So you got, I, got, I got a little pot of oil. Pot of oil. That's all I got. Ooh. Ooh. That's all I got left. I've lost everything. I don't even have a husband to bring me some income. But I know he feared the Lord. I don't have a man to go out and get a job to make me some money to pay my creditors. But I know he feared the Lord. And all I got left, I've lost everything. I got a couple of boys and I got a pot of oil. And they're fixing to come. The creditors are fixing to come and get my boys. You got a pot of oil? Okay. Elisha says this. You go and borrow vessels. It's not wrong to borrow. I said it's not wrong to borrow. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it's the will of God for you to borrow. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I know I'm walking on a... But he told her, he said, you go and you borrow vessels... And he said, not a few. He said, you don't borrow just a few. He said, you borrow every vessel you can get your hands on. Every vessel you can get your hands on. And she went. And they started going from door to door to door. Hey, you got a vessel. I need to borrow it. You got a vessel. And she gathered as many vessels as she could. And she walked up there. And Elisha said, now you take that oil. You close the doors. And you take that oil. And you pour it from vessel to vessel. You fill every vessel. You've got one pot, but that one pot's going to turn into many pots. And she poured and she poured. And the Bible said she filled every vessel that she had. Not a few, every vessel. God supernaturally, the God who's the center of all things, the God of abundance, the God who cares about the creditors knocking at your door. Super, God will let it sometimes go to that place. But you're right for a miracle. As long as you obey in the word of the Lord and you're fearing the Lord, you're getting ready for a miracle. And after she filled all of them up, she looked around, looked for another vessel. There wasn't another vessel to fill up. That oil would have just kept on running. It had just kept on running supernaturally. And Elisha the prophet said, now take the oil and pay your creditors. God supplied it because they feared the Lord. Not the creditors. They feared the Lord. Not mammon. They feared the Lord. So if you're a widow tonight, you don't have to be afraid. God is your source. Hallelujah. Let's talk a little bit about, and you know, we like to do this with that, with that scripture. We all like, if we preach it, we like to talk about the vessels. Go get the vessels. Go get humanity, lost humanity, and bring them in, not a few, and how God will fill them all with the Holy Ghost. And we love to take it into that dimension, and that's okay. But let's just leave it where it is. Tonight. Let's, let's see a God who cares about your material 
Let's see a God who cares about creditors knocking on your door. Let's see God step in here. Abba, Abba, Abba. Step in here and take care of you. <clears throat> Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Another scripture. We're going to look at 1 Kings 17. A couple more scriptures and we're going to be done. Hallelujah. We're going to be done. Let's talk about Elisha. Uh, well, let me see. I got to make sure. I'm, mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I get, I get those two mixed up. That's got to be Elijah. Yeah, we're in 17. It got to be Elijah. Elisha, he ain't born yet. He did the baby in his mother's womb. No, I don't know about that. But here's Elisha. He knows Abba. He knows God. He knows the Father. And the Father tells him. And the ravens. He said, basically, let me get back up a little bit because I don't have time to read all the verses for you. But he tells him, you go to the brook Kareth. You go over there. He said, I'm going to take care of you in the time of famine. In the time of famine. You go to the brook Kareth, and when you get to the brook Kareth, you can drink the water of the brook Kareth. And I'm going to send a raven. And a raven is going to bring you bread and flesh. Not just bread. I'm on bread. He said, I'm going to send you steak. He said, Elijah, you're too good for just bread. I got to get you a T-bone. Hallelujah. And so God used a raven to take a prophet, some bread and some steak to eat. He knows Abba. He knows the Father in the time of famine. Hallelujah. And then, oh, 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 let's hold on here just a minute. See, God, in, in all of this, you need to remember this. God doesn't take all your pain away. You're still going to have some pain. And guess what happens to Elijah, the prophet? His brook dries up there at that location. Well, he would have been an idiot to stay there. Well, God, I'm starving. The raven's not coming no more. Water's not moving no more. But God says to him, he says, now you got to be able to follow instruction. You have to always be in a place where you're prayed up, where you know what God's plan is. If you're offering sacrifices to mammon, you're worried and full of anxiety. You're not hearing what God's next step is. God said to Elijah, you get up from here. And I have a widow in Zarephath of Sidon. That's where Jezebel used to live. I got a little widow woman. She's going to take care of you. Of what? Why don't you send me to the king's palace? See, Elijah, he's he not, he he not worried about where. He's not even worried about how. He don't argue with God. She can't do that, God. Oh, come on. Get off of that. Follow instructions. He gets up and he goes and he finds this little widow woman that's supposed to take care of him. And all she's got is two sticks. A little meal in a barrel. And a little in a cruise of oil. That's all she's got left to her name. 
And her testimony is this. Well, I'm going to take my two little sticks. I'm going to make up one cake here. I'm going to feed myself, feel my, feed my boy, and we're going to die. Oh, ye of little faith. Don't you know you got a prophet now going to be living with you, little lady? You're not about to die. Your son's not going to die. You got a prophet living with you. And Elijah said to the, the God of this man, he looks at this woman and he says, what you're going to have to do here is you're going to have to go make me a cake. Well, you self-indulgent preacher, you... You take from the widows. You're so self-indulgent. You know what she does? She does just that. She goes and makes the cake for the man of God, for the prophet of the Lord. And she gives it to the prophet of the Lord. And the prophet of the Lord says this. He says, guess what? Your mill barrel is not going to run dry. The oil in that cruise is not going to run out. And you're not going to die. And every day, every morning, she'd go over to that meal barrel. Now listen to me. The Bible does not say that the barrel was completely full that instant. You got to hear this. It's not completely full to the top. But he's the God who's more than enough. Because every day they went, there was still meal. And there was still oil. How, how could it possibly be there? But it was. Because God kept giving them meal. And kept giving them oil. And it was supernatural. And I tell you what I love about that story. Oh, the word jumped off the pages to me when I read it today. He looked at that little widow woman before he told her what to do. And he said, fear not. I got chill bumps on my chill bumps. And I'm telling you tonight, fear not. I'm not telling you that Jesus telling you that tonight. Don't even take thoughts. Fear not. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In closing, I just want to tell you something. God is a giver. All through the Bible, you see God is a giver. And for us to ever get in a place where we're doubting Him and we're anxious about our needs is to be in a place of little faith, to say the least. And some of us are so worried about it that we've worshipped the God of mammon. Because as long as the account's full, we're happy. If the account's not full, we're unhappy. Because mammon didn't come through. But I'm trying to show you a God who is a God of abundance. He is Abba. He's your Father. He cares about your material needs. 
And because he's a giver, you are created in his image. And you are to be a giver. If you're not a giver, you are a miserable person. If you think that by what you hold, and I'm not taking up an offering, I'm bringing the word to you tonight. If you think by holding on to everything, every nickel you got, and squeezing it, oh, Lord. oh, help us, Jesus. Help us. Holding George Washington till he sweats. That eagle, you hold him so tight, he's screaming. You are the most miserable person there is. Do you know there are people who don't even know Jesus, don't even know God, who contribute? They are contributors to things in the world because they know that brings true satisfaction. Because they're created in the image of God, it's marred, yes. But they give because they know that's what brings true satisfaction. And the person is just trying to hold on to it. Oh, I got to hold on to this because I'm not going to make it. No wonder you're so sad. Because you were created in the image of God to go forth and to show him to the people. To show what kind of God he is. In the old Bible, old Israel, they understood that. You know what God told them? He talked to them about slavery. He said when a certain time comes, he said, you let those slaves go free. And while they are slaves in your house, you treat them right. Why? Because I brought you out of slavery. And I want you to testify and show to them who I am. And you do that by being a giver. When you give, you're showing the world what kind of God you serve. That's why God said, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to serve mammon or you're going to serve God. If you're serving mammon, you're going to cheat God. If you serve God, you're going to hate mammon. And what does that mean? Confidence in it. Confidence in it. Are you here tonight? And having said that, Jesus said this. Malachi, he said this, bring the tithes and offerings in the storehouse. He said, and see, if I will not pour out a blessing upon you, you cannot even receive. I'll open up the windows of heaven because I'm a giver. And I'll pour you out a blessing you cannot even receive. And not only that, though, he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And some of you are just getting devoured. And you're wondering why you're getting devoured. Because you haven't obeyed the Lord and you're not a giver. And so the devil is just, your, your finances are cursed. The devil just comes in and devours you. Now, having said that, some of you obey the word of the Lord, and you're still. But you know what? doesn't matter. It do I said it doesn't matter. You're not supposed to worry about it. You're not supposed to be anxious about it. You're supposed to be free of that. You're supposed to be free of anxiety. You're not even supposed to be thinking about what you're going to eat and drink and put on.
That means tomorrow if you lose everything you got. Come into church here. Say praise the Lord. God's good. Why are you so happy? I lost every dime I got. Bless the Lord. But you know what? If I did, hmm, must be something pretty awesome going to happen to me. Because God, he's my daddy. He's my Abba. He's my father. And if he fed Israel in the wilderness, gave them water to drink in a, in a barren wilderness, and gave them manna from heaven, you don't think he can take care of you? You don't think he can send somebody that don't even know you knock on your door and say, God just told me to bring you a, a, some groceries. God just told me to pay your electric bill. God just told me to give you $100. God just told me to give you $500. If you don't know that kind of God, that's the God I'm telling you about tonight. I've seen him do it. And you have too. <laughs> Praise God. And some of us and I need to repent. Because we're not very good stewards. And we've been worshiping the wrong God. And we need to repent of that tonight. And we've been calling everybody in the world. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're dying of a heart attack. <gasps> Hyperventilating. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I can't pay my bill. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you, you know what? You say, hey, praise the Lord. How you doing? The creditor calls you. Say, praise the Lord. That blow his mind. It would absolutely blow his mind to find somebody that doesn't worship mammon on the other end. Say, what, what do you want? Don't you call here again. I don't have it. You know. If you'd hacked right half the time. Uh, praise the Lord. God bless. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're just on hard times right now. But you know what? God's going to supply it. And uh, you know what? When he does, I'll take care of it. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord bless you. And I love you. And God loves you too. <laughs> that guy, he, he was just... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. But you saints out there, you don't, you don't act like that, do you? When they call you. I mean, what I'm saying, you don't, you know, let them have a what for. I, I told you, don't call me again, I'm going to kill you if you do. <laughs> but not, not, nobody out there like that, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh 
Yeah, you're blessing them in the name of Jesus, aren't you? Bless you, you bill collector. Hallelujah. God loves you, and I love you too. <laughs> and act like you don't have a care in the world. And I'm not trying to tell you to be irresponsible. That's not that. that we got to get in the word here, you know, be balanced. But I am telling you that he is a God who's enough. And you got to start worshiping the right thing, the right one. <laughs> Give God praise. You don't have to steal your neighbor's stuff for God to bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then come to church, say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. God took care of my bills. I stole from my neighbor, but see, we don't know the whole story behind your testimonies. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, I pray that this message helped you tonight. He's the God. He's going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you right now, you know what? God can turn around. Turn the whole situa situation around in less than 24 hours for you. And you've been sitting around for six months trying to figure out what to do. If you just go to God and watch Him and just surrender to God. Watch Him take care of it. He can do more for you in one day than you can do in six months. He can do more for this church in one day than we can do for in six years. Praise God. Hold on to your faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Last thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you go home. What time is it? Oh, wow. It's nice and early. Really. Praise God. Y'all going to love me tonight. Oh, you look, can I tell you what faith is? You know what faith is? Faith is the ability to respond to a promise. So if you have little faith, then you have little ability to respond to a promise. That's what faith is. Faith does not make something happen. Faith is a response to something God has already said has happened. If you've got little faith, then you're not taking God in His Word. Because when you respond to what He's already said has happened, then that faith will take you from where you are to the future where you are not. So don't look at where you are now. Respond to what God has already said about it. And then let that faith carry you in the future and stand there and say, Thank you, Jesus, for supplying all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. We think we got to make it happen. Oh, I got faith. I got faith. Okay, I got faith. Yeah, I got faith. You never, you're going you're gonna to stand there and talk like that till you're blue in the face and nothing's going to happen. Because faith doesn't make anything happen. Faith is a response to something that already God has said He's already going to take. He's already taking care of it. He's already taking care of it. 
Just, just look at your neighbor. Look at your heathen, right? No, not really. <laughs> look at the heathen next to you. <laughs> and tell them, God's already taken care of it. It's done. It's over. It's taken care of. I'm going to get myself straight. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. You know, I get, yeah. see, I don't have to. Listen, I intentionally tonight didn't go that route in telling you all the reasons why you're in the mess you're in. Can I tell you why I didn't go that route? Because you already know. You already know why you're in the mess you're in. One of, for, for one reason, God already told you what to do, but you didn't do it. And because you didn't do it, now you'll find yourself in a mess. Now watch, listen to me what I'm telling you. So I didn't come up here and tell you why you're in the mess you're in. I didn't tell you because it's procrastination. <laughs> oh, Lord. Boom. You just knocked me down, Pastor. I don't have to. You know it. Okay? So let's just settle that right now. If you got problems in this area, you know how you got there. And that's not what you need to know. What you need to know is you need to have faith to get yourself from where you are to where God has already said you will be. And simply respond to what God. And always look to God to be your source. Don't you get in this trap and start looking to men to be your source. Never get in that. Never get in that. God uses men. But don't get in the trap of looking at men to be your source. God is my source. And he's going to use men. He already said he was going to do it. He said it. It's settled. Praise the Lord, y'all. Y'all okay? Who are you worshiping tonight? Who am I worshiping tonight? Abba. He loves you so much. He cares so much about your troubles and your financial struggles and all that's going on in your life. You'll never know when you're suffering and crying. You, you never realize unless you have a word like this come to you. How much Jesus is standing right there crying with you. He's already made a way out. But what's so awesome about Jesus is that he'll sit there and cry with you in the midst of your trouble. Knowing that he's already got it taken care of. He'll weep at the tomb of Lazarus and know he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. You know why? Simply just to enter into the pain of those that are around him. He knows what he's, he's, he's got it all figured out. He knows exactly what he's going to do. But he'll sit there and cry with you when you're crying. He's so good. How many of y'all believe he's good? By faith. Believe what he's already said. It's done. Stop letting mammon come and talk to you and fill you with fear and anxiety. Because mammon will always come and tell you, this is the way it's always going to be. But faith comes screaming at you and says, 
This is not the way it's always going to be. This is just a season. It's just a temporary. God's going to turn this thing around. He may o open a door. He may give me another job. He gave, may give me an idea. He may give me a word. I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's not my business. My business is to walk in faith. Hallelujah. How many of y'all love Jesus tonight? You didn't know he loves your body, did you? He loves your body. He loves your soul. He loves your spirit. He loves the material level of you. See? We get this idea, well, you know, there's the secular and the spiritual. And God cares about us praying and, you know, worshiping. But he don't care about any of the material stuff. And all. That's not true. I've just proved you by the word of God he cares about the material level of your life. I'm looking out there and I don't see any starving people. I, I, I don't see anybody in here that looks like skin and bones ready to blow away. I, I just, I don't see that. I'm sorry. I might be walking in a delusion, but I just don't see people about to blow away from malnutrition. I just, I'm sorry, but I just don't see that. <laughs> Looking like we're doing all right. Praise God. Yeah, Sister Ida, she's been putting on a few pounds since she started living for God. She started living for God. Now she's putting on some pounds, man. It looked like we're doing all right. For all you people in tape land, she's fixing to have a baby. <laughs> God's good, though. He's just awesome. Totally, totally awesome. Don't sacrifice your children to mammon. Don't sacrifice your husband, your wife, your family relationship for the God of mammon. Serve God. You'll be a happy people. You'll be a joy-filled people. Hallelujah. Might need to make some changes. Amen. Do some little bit different things about what you're doing with your finances. Come on. But be smart enough to know before you, before there's total disaster, do something before you have total disaster. Don't wait to get in total disaster adding one mountain on top of another mountain and then say, you know what? I think we better do something. God's been trying to get our attention. <laughs> I think we better, we better make some changes here, you know? No, do that way ahead of time. As soon as you begin to hear, feel that little bit of a nudge from the Holy Ghost, it says you better make some changes. You better listen to God. Because he's that way. He's just that kind of God. He cares that much. He might just come over there and nudge you a little bit and say, you know what? You know what? You need to stop getting in debt. No more debt. No more credit cards. Hey, you can't handle that. You know, it's okay for those who can handle it, but you can't handle that, said the Holy Ghost, and he's nudging you, and then pretty soon he goes, whap, 
He gives you a karate chop right across the forehead. <laughs> the Holy Ghost goes, Son, get the point, man. You hearing me? He's a good God that way. I love y'all. God loves you. He cares about you. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday if Jesus don't come and take us home.